0: Welcome to Addicted to Recovery, the brand new podcast bringing you the truth about addiction. Our aim is to raise awareness about recovery and change the way society views the addict. My name's Christopher White. I'm joined by my dear friend, co-host and fellow recovering addict, Max Thomas. How are you today, brother? Yeah, good, man. You? Really good, mate. Great to be here. Yeah, amazing. Right, so between us, we have over seven years of clean time. We work the 12-step with our sponsor and give freely of our time to
1: help the still-suffering addict. So why are we here, mate? What are we trying to do? For me, I want to change the way people view addiction. I think if you ask the normal guy on the street what addiction is all about, he gives you a backward answer. He, he doesn't understand that people are real struggling out there and, and the why. Why are people taking these drugs? Why are people gambling? Why are people sex addicts? I just think the world has got a warped view on addiction. I think we're here to give people hope and strength that there is a way out of addiction. Look, I'm nearly five years clean, coming up in the new year. Congratulations. And cheers, man. And... um My journey is one where I thought that I was going around on this carousel of doom, do you know what I mean, doing the same thing every single week and hurting a lot of people around me and I didn't know what I was and um, I think I'm here today, I don't want this podcast to be able to give people hope, do you know what I mean, if we can leave a legacy in 75 years when we're good and gone mate, do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, that some guy or some girl is struggling with addiction, whatever that will be, can can find some hope in, in what we're saying and the guests that we bring on and they can relate to our lives and hopefully they can move forward with their lives. That's yeah, fantastic. mate, I couldn't agree more. For me, even when I first came
0: in, I had a warped view of what an addict was. Mm. I didn't want to admit the fact that I was an addict. Yeah, It was my whole identity. When I first came in, I was like, that's it, my life's over.
1: Yeah, badge of honour. Yeah.
0: yeah, and now, having been clean three years getting an understanding about what this stuff is, what we suffer with, mm. what the disease of addiction is. My view on the whole subject has completely changed. Yeah, man. And um, my life didn't end when I got clean. It began. 100%. And um, like you said at the beginning, changed the view of the public's perception of what an addict is. I thought a junkie was someone who used needles yep. intravenously it was like a sex worker on the street that was selling their body for mm. cracking heroin. That's what I thought an addict was. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was the biggest junkie you've ever met and yeah. I've never used a needle in my life. So even my own personal opinion has changed and I'm living it. So out there, I think there's a huge misconception about what this stuff is, mm. what the pain and suffering of a drug addict actually is. And not just a drug addict, addiction goes across the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? People do this to their phones at the minute. Yeah, massively, man. So I feel like if we can get together and have a chat, honestly, and bring up some awareness, get it out there to people. Like, we've been delving into this stuff for a while now. Mm. And we recently met up with someone and said, like, just go and have a look, see what happens. Imagine I'm op- imagine you're a a struggling addict and you want to get help. Go op- and have a look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See what's out there. And um Shocking, wasn't it? Yeah. He wasn't met with a pretty picture. It actually pissed him off. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. And, um. Shout out to Dan at being creative, by the way. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable guy and, uh, passionate about this. And he's hopefully going to join the team. So, look, he was met with what he, what he referred to. It was like, he was on a highway
1: agency's website. Yeah. Clinical. Very clinical. And lots of blues, like a building society website. Exactly. You want to sign up for a new bank account. Exactly. Not,
0: oh my God, I'm in trouble. Yeah and there's help out there. That's not what he was met with. No. And also the other thing that you get met with is rehabs, trying to charge you a fortune for you to check into their facility. Yeah, man. And uh, money makers. Money makers. Mm. And I don't know about you, but when I was rock bottom, uh, just before I got clean, I didn't have 10 grand to throw at a treatment center. No, man. So a lot of people are not in that situation. So basically what we're trying to do is Welcome people into recovery with open arms. We want to create a warm place where people can come in
1: and know that there's hope for the future. 100% because I think online you type in, like if you're in in your moment of need where you've plucked up the courage to think, fuck this, I've had enough, right? I want to make a change. You go on to, you go on the internet and you're met with, you've seen the images. It's like fucking scary images, like you've done something wrong. You're a criminal and you're going to pay for this instead of what it should be is, there's a way out. Do you know what I mean? These guys have done it. This is what their lives are like now. If you if you implement a program in your life, you can change your life. Not, this is the end of the road, fucking clinical, like, like we said. It's, yeah, it's time for change, man. Like In this 2023, more? this modern era now where people are opening up about how they feel and what, what's really going on for them, Like now is the time for people to understand about addiction. And I think we're here to do that, aren't we? We're passionate about it. Yeah, mate. I can tell by the way you're speaking. Yeah. We mean business, yeah, right? And
0: not just that, we've got the lived experience, Max. Mm. It's very easy for someone outside of this little circle to point the finger and be judgy when it comes to addicts yep. and addiction in general, yep. because people view it as it's a choice, mm. and that people are doing that because it's their choice, they're going to use the drugs. We know from personal experience, I was using against my own will and me. at the end. yeah. I didn't want to do them things. I didn't want to hurt the people around me. I hated taking drugs. I couldn't stop, Mm. I had a disease. Incurable, but it can be arrested. And um, both of us, by getting vulnerable, holding our hands up and saying we can't do it alone, reaching out for help, we've managed to put that part of our lives behind us and move forward positively. 100%. And uh,
1: it's available to everyone, but not everyone knows it's there. And I think the plan is for this, look, my substance with what cocaine and, and alcohol and uh, yours is similar wasn't it but i think this this podcast is going to be for all addicts do you know I maybe mean? it's sex gambling whatever your poison potion powder is it's it's about the disease of addiction do you know what i mean this is this is a we don't want to exclude anyone if you if you're feeling a bit vulnerable and you want you want help i think this this podcast is for you right this is a we want to try and Bring guests on from all walks of life who have experienced recovery because this is what what I mean. Me and Chris are in recovery. Um, Yeah, we want to show the way. Basically, it's work for us. It can work for you. I think the hope, the hope thing for me is massive because when I came into recovery, I had no hope whatsoever, and um, now my life is full of hope. Do you know what I mean? I'm able to do stuff like this with you, mate. Um, And like, like you said, I'm fucking passionate about this stuff. This. The disease of addiction. I don't. You've got to stat on it. I think it's one of the biggest killers, like it, since since the world started the writing biggest. stuff down. Do you know what I mean? It's like the biggest. Yeah, yeah. When you count all the wars, etc.
0: Yeah, all the wars combined, diseases. Yeah. Um, the disease of addiction, whether it be alcoholism or drug addiction,
1: are many different facets of this disease, which is mad and, and see, killer. And even today, if you go to the doctors and say I've got an addiction, you he will throw pills at it. exactly. Yeah, and look,
0: that's a blanket statement. Not all doctors will do that. But the general public's view is someone's got a problem, especially when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Throw medicine at it. Yeah. And as sad to say as it is, it's because they can make money off medicine. Mm-hmm. For example, take an opiate user. Someone's a heroin addict or any sort of opiate user. They go to the doctors, they put them on a methadone prescription. Yeah. Which is another opiate. You're just covering it up with another layer of addiction which actually, having spoke to people that get on the methadone program, it's harder to give up than heroin. Massively, yeah. So it's just like, we know, because we've got the experience that total abstinence and a program, a 12-step recovery program, is the only way. Mm. So let's raise awareness about it. Let's get people talking about it. 100%. And um Yeah, another thing I think that we can do with this stuff, with this, with this podcast and with this channel is, um, bringing people from all different walks of life not just addicts Mm. but professionals people that deal with that sort of stuff that are counselors maybe doctors people that are pharmacists that are giving out this stuff and just sort of come at it from every angle so we can paint the whole picture Yeah, man. and uh i don't think anyone's doing that no there's a lot of finger pointing and a lot of blaming and um I think we can get to the bottom of it. Right? Yeah,
1: we want to be real, right? There's there's a lot of bullshit out there, and there's a lot of people trying to make a bit of cash. And like, I think we know that being honest, honesty is one of our principles, spiritual yep. principles in our fellowship. Probably the one. It's massive. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Honesty is massive. And I wasn't honest for a long, long time. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Genuinely honest. Um, and I can say since I've come into recovery, do you know what I mean? It's, I, I, live a, I, live, I live an honest life today. And um, I think... The beauty in being honest is it allows other people to open up. Do you know what I mean? If if, if you're holding stuff back and you're cagey, you sort of it, people copy that sort of behaviour. I think if we, if you're honest and get vulnerable, do you know what I mean? I've, I've cried lots of times in meetings. I've you, mate. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But there's there's so much freedom in that honesty. Do you know what I mean? We've it's um it, it, that's the beauty about this program. We are able to wipe the slate clean. I suppose through. Of course. The, if you come in guarded, that's what
0: you get back. Yeah. This is all about getting vulnerable opening up being honest and um you give that energy off and that's what you receive so tell me a little bit about yourself mate tell us
1: about your story story wise yeah um i'll keep it brief really um so again i want i want to i'm sharing this because i want to say that addiction doesn't give a it doesn't give a damn where you come from like mm-hmm. your family upbringing like i hear a lot of trauma in the rooms and um People were brought up in, yeah, really bad circumstances and 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 they've become addicts. For me, I was born this way. I was born an addict. There's nothing about my upbringing. I had a beautiful and still have a beautiful family. Mum and dad were amazing, still together now. I think 45 years they've been married. Um, I'm one of four kids, so we were on family holidays during private school when I was young and, um, yeah, no complaints whatsoever. Really lovely close-knit family, I was still very close, I talk to my siblings daily still, mm. I'm one of those sort of guys, and um, from a very early age, this is what I mean, like, people on the street do not understand this side of addiction, like, from a very early age, I didn't feel, I didn't feel part of, I didn't mm. feel right, I felt a little bit different, I was a, very much an attention seeker as a kid, bit wacky, massive highs, Like not, not so many lows when I was a child, but real... Hyper highs, do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and trying to get that attention one of four, maybe that might have been it. And, um, but f- from I, c- I can remember going to school, senior school, didn't really know many people there. Failed my 11 plus when I was young. Um, went to a senior school, didn't really know many people there. So, immediately, I was trying to f- just be that chameleon. Do you know what I mean? Bounce mm-hmm. from one group to the next. I'd, Mask on, I try and be a little bit naughty, but I weren't really naughty. Do you know what I mean? I was quite. Cleverish lad, didn't really have a fit, film of potential. I was very pretty good at sports, um, so I was sort of I used to hover around each group, but then not really have uh, that one mm. friend, Paul, which which were knew knew me intimately. If you know what I mean. Um, and it was, I mean, I, I sort of lived my life like that, I, and um, I didn't really feel part of. Didn't really know what sort of clothes I liked, or even like stupid stuff, what music I liked, and mm. it was just a bit. Life from an early age just puzzled me, do you know what I mean? I was and, and it still does today. five years clean. I can wake up on a Monday morning and I'm scared. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. scared to walk in, in the office I've, I've been in for thirteen years and yeah, I know yeah. the guys in there, like they're are my they're my brothers and um I can still feel that um alien in my own house or just 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 a bit off key, basically, that's what I'm trying to say. So when I when I f- when I found drink and drugs, it sort of it stopped all that. It quieted that head down. Mm, It freed you up. It freed me up. It, it, um, it narrowed my vision, do you know what I mean? And, um, gave me the confidence to do stuff that I didn't do when I wasn't using, do you know what I mean? I was able to talk to the girls when I was younger. I was able to dance on speakers and just made me a different person. It made me a person I thought I wanted to be, but in reality it, it was, it was, um, it was bringing me away from my true self. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so my using um, started off fun, it, um, like, like yours did, mate. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I had some wicked times with my mates and parties and lads' holidays and some real, real good times. But the difference with me, and I found out pretty quickly, was you put one drug in me, and I don't ever want the party to stop. Yeah, right. I was mad, Max. Last man standing. Party boy. Mad Max. Great it? fun. Um, oh, I remember walking to, into a bar once, and I was with my mum and dad, and. Uh, the barman went, Mad Max! And I was like, fucking hell, drop me out, do you not know what I mean? Today. I was like, no, not today, mate. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I suppose I used to wear it as a bit of a badge of honour and um well, a lot of the time I'd use cocaine so I could party a bit longer. I used to level me out, do you know what I mean? And I could drink and use and drink and use yeah, and, and um it was alright at the time. It was, it, it was, it made me this, this, Jack the Lad, I suppose, and people like going out with me but, you got to grow up sometime, did not you? And, um I met my beautiful wife. I'm still with today, luckily. And, um, people around me, my friends and my peers started to settle down and slow down a bit. And I didn't really understand it. I was like, no, I'm I'm just getting going really. Mm. And, um, yeah, I suppose my using was progressing. It's a progressive illness. My using was progressing. And, um, I got married. I married this beautiful, beautiful girl. We had, we had a lovely wedding. um, And I openly admitted to her, I wasn't really that present on my wedding day. makes me quite upset about it. Mm. Um, Because it was that day that she dreamt of and I've dreamt of. And and, do you know what I mean? I don't think I was, I I, I wasn't using, um, I was drinking heavily on my wedding day and I just wasn't in the, I wasn't it there. Do you know what I mean? Only an addict can understand that. But now when I have my kids' birthdays and I'm clean, I'm there. Yeah. I have an experience when I'm walking through the park now, and I'm clean. I can hear the leaves and do you know what I mean yeah, the not trees. Just there, but you're present. Yeah, mate. It's a big, big difference, and um, so huge regrets about that. We just celebrated ten years marriage, and um, we took the kids up to Scotland where I proposed to her. It was beautiful, really, really lovely. Sort of made an amends a little bit um around the around the wedding situation, but yeah. Cut a long story short. Me using Progress, my little baby boy t- um my my wife fell pregnant, sorry, and and um my little boy was born premature and um again I wasn't really in the room. I remember like even when my wife was pregnant, I remember being out at some sort of do and um yeah, it was raining and like a cold evening in my little boy was born in November. Um so it must have been like September time and I remember the cabbie dropped us off at the flat and my head, I'd already had a few beers by now. This is what I'm talking, this is just to show you the power of this illness, I suppose. And once I've had a drink, I don't want to do anything else apart from do that. Um, Yeah, she went to get out of the taxi and I remember her face. She looked back and I was still sat in the taxi and I was like, I'm staying out. Do you know what I mean? And it was pissing down the rain. She had a big bump on her. And I was off. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what time I got in that night, but just not acceptable. Selfish disease. Not acceptable behaviour, man. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, little boy was born born premature. My wife was poorly. He was poorly. And I wasn't really there. I wasn't really there for him. And I'll forever regret that. Um, Baby number two turned up, little beautiful girl. And um, again, behaviours was just by this point getting worse and worse and worse. I was a binge user, Chris, you know this, but what I mean by that was I was never a daily user, but it's a progressive illness. If I'd have stayed on another five years, who knows where I've got to. Yeah. Um, but my go-to would be like, I'll pop out for a few beers and come back 24 hours later. Do you know what I mean? That was yeah. mine. And it's just, maybe, yeah, unacceptable behaviour, always losing your wallet, getting in yourself into s- stupid scenarios, been in hospital a few times. Um, yeah. Yeah. The glory days were well gone by this point. Do you know what I mean? The fun was gone. I'm, um, I'm promising my missus, I'm not going to do it tonight in the shower. I'll be saying, no, tonight's different. I'm going to have a few beers, have a kebab and go home. Yeah, but do you know we mean? truly believe that. Yeah, no, I do. I do genuinely believe it. I then Groundhog Day. I'm there, five in the morning, knocking on the front door. She's saying, why are you doing this? And my answer to her was, I don't know why I'm doing it. And wasn't good enough at the time. Do you know what I mean? She 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 was just like, no. That's oh, the truth. Yeah, it it was the truth. And I look back now, that was the truth. I didn't know why I kept hurting these people that I adored. Um, and I think it happened one last time. And she said, you're out. Do you know what I mean? And, and it was the best thing she'd ever done, really. Um, because all, before that, she would just let me off and we wouldn't speak and I'd make it up. And it would just be like I said, Groundhog Day over and over again, just continuing on this this carousel of just... What well, the definition of insanity is repeating the same behaviours, expecting different results. And I was just insane, I suppose. And um, yeah, so she she kicked me out and do you know, mate, I was out for a, a, maybe a couple of months. I can't remember now. Um, and I went around my brother's house and he said, right, you need to get yourself to a meeting. And that's when my journey began. And put, since that first meeting, I've not picked up a drink and that would be... Um, yeah, drink or drug, and that'll be, yeah, five years in March, mate. Nice. Yeah, mate. Awesome, awesome stuff. Obviously, there's a load of stuff that I've done um, since coming into recovery, like getting service at meetings and getting a, an amazing sponsor. I've had a couple of sponsors, but a, a, um, an initial amazing sponsor working through the 12 steps, which have been amazing, clearing all that rubbish out, uh, making an amends to people, and... Um, yeah, now I've got a couple of sponsees that I look after myself and because I'm trying to pass on what was freely given to me to these guys because that's it's how the game of the game. that's how recovery works, doesn't it? Mm. That we have to pass on this knowledge that we get to help that next person. I suppose that's what we're trying to do a little bit with this yep. podcast, isn't it? So Well
0: look, man, that was fantastic. Thanks for opening up and sharing that. I appreciate mm. it. Um our stories are so similar. Yeah, mate. I think that's part of the reason why we get on so well. Yeah. And we identify so well with each other. It's basically my story, my using, I mean, my childhood was very similar. Mum and dad are still together. There was a lot of love in the house, never wanted for anything. Um, But like you, I just felt different Mm. and I could never put my finger on it. I didn't know what it was. I now know I had the disease of addiction Mm. and like you, I believe I was born with it. Mm. If you look at my behavior from when I was a child, long before I picked up a substance, there was like, obsession mm, from, key, yeah. from early early on no matter what it was i would just get so one track minded focus fixated on that one thing until i got it yeah. or wanted to play it and as soon as i got good or half good at it done I put it down next yeah. thing and that is me to a t yeah and that's the disease of addiction for me so yeah look very similar to you i mean look i always had a real easy time making friends and yeah like a bit of a social butterfly and i never really opened up and showed people who i truly was was, i wore a lot of masks i would become one person to you i'll become another person to someone else and um i was really good at it and to be honest it was a tool
1: it was a skill that i used to hide that anxiety and that fear that i felt i remember you saying you'd hate the fact if 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 three guys that you hadn't seen for ages in the pub you were shitting yourself that they'd all speak to each other and find out a different find out a different version yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. and uh (laughs) i found out in treatment that that's called
0: a lack of integrity right and um that was one thing that i strive for when i got clean I was like what do you want i was like i want to be honest and i want to have integrity and um yeah so look just to go back a little bit further as soon as i picked up a drug oh, so bearing in mind i had these nervous tics i had these facial tics when i was younger and um My parents were really worried, I was really worried, and um, the day I picked up drugs, they all went away. So it was like, um, drugs were like a little safety blanket for me. um, A lot of people think I had a drug problem. The drugs were the medicine for me, and it worked. And I had some clear, obvious symptoms like that. I was twitchy and... I used to do this weird stuff with my lips and my neck, like, and literally to the day when I started using drugs, it all went away. Man. So they done for me mm. something that was worth letting, at the time, was worth letting what they did to me happen because they'd done so much for me. Um, it was like a safety blanket and um, it really worked for a long time. Like you, it progressed. It mm. went from them party days where I was life and soul a party, loads of holidays, you know what I mean? Yeah. Loads of girls, fun with the lads, yeah. and... Um, just like you, I noticed pretty early on that I was using a little bit different to everybody else. Mm. I was staying up a little bit longer and um, people were saying like, oh, I've had too much. And mm-hmm. I always thought that was a liberty because if you can say it, it's probably not true. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, I would take it to the next level every time. Yeah. And um, consequences started happening pretty early on. Same with you. Um, I like to say in the beginning, it was fun. Mm. Then it became fun with consequences, and by the end of it, there was no fun, and it was all consequences. And uh, just like you, I had a kid, I had misses, missus, I had a family that loved me, and um, I, I would step over all of them to go and use. And this is not something I'm proud of, something i got a lot of shame and guilt around. Like you said, steps eight and nine, we get to make amends for our behavior. Yeah. And um, I've done that, thank God. But um, yeah, eventually I'd had enough. I didn't know what to do. Luckily, just like you and your brother, he knew where to go. Mm. I had a friend whose mum was in recovery and um, shout out Rachel, such a good girl, yeah. got, got me uh, got me to my first meeting. And um, I said, what do I do? And she said, you come to a meeting. And I went to a meeting. Did I stay clean from that first meeting? No, I didn't. Relapse is a big part of my story. We'll yeah. obviously get into that later on. But um, the seed was planted. Seed was planted. And uh, since then, I've been on a long journey of in and out, in and out, getting clean relapsing getting clean relapsing thank god this time around very similar situation to you i used to get kicked out of my house with my missus and my son and uh i used to go to my mom and dad's yeah. They'd let me in and um one day i showed up enabling you they were ena- they didn't know they were enabling me mm. they thought they were loving me when really that was enabling me to keep using and um one day i walked up to their house and i was like you ain't coming in here Mm. And like you said, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's that penny drops, isn't it? Yeah. Give me the kick up the ass that I needed. And I started taking this stuff seriously. And um, yeah, pretty much from that moment, I
1: started taking it seriously. Done what was suggested. Isn't it amazing that we think drugs, we think that drugs give us everything that we want, but then they take everything that we love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is is it in a nutshell for me. Great quote. Um,
0: When you get clean, all you got to do is give up one thing. And you can have everything. Yeah, mate. Or you can have one thing and yeah. give up everything. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think so. I think I did. I know what you mean. Though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, basically, mate, exactly similar to you. I came in, um, I started taking this stuff seriously. I've been through the 12 steps. With How was treatment? Center. Treatment for me um, was necessary. Where was that? South End? South End, yeah. The Lighthouse, great treatment center. Um, yeah, awesome. Once again, my parents bailing me out yeah they pay for me to go to treatment. A lot of people don't get that option um I don't know how why long I you in there for me I was in there for twenty eight days so um I made the call they I had to wait about a week for a bed, <clears throat> which is pretty standard <clears throat> I had to wait about a week for a bed um had like a a phone call one of the guys who worked there um little introduction to myself, told him about what drugs I was on, et cetera, because that to sort out a detox if you were on a, a drug that needed in alcohol, opiates, et cetera. Yep. I wasn't, because I was a cocaine user. Mm. Um, yeah, basically got there and something felt different. I pretty much knew that I was done. And this is a big part of addiction. Um, if you're not ready to stop, it's very difficult to stop. Yeah, man. Previously, i would tried doing it for other people. Um, I tried doing it because I knew that what I was doing was wrong, mm-hmm. but
1: I wasn't ready. They call it the gift of desperation, don't they? That's we? it. Which is a beautiful saying, and it sounds sick, but... Yeah, it really is. I honestly, and I share about it quite a bit, that I'm fucking grateful that I had my rock bottom. Yeah. I'm grateful that my wife booted me out, because I truly believe, like, if my family had done, like, a mini little intervention a couple of weeks before, like... I might not be sitting here today, man. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I might have been still going back on that road of just that dark place. And, um, yeah, I needed that gift of fuck. But there's nowhere else to go. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Rub it in the headlights. End of the Job road. It. Yeah.
0: End of the road. Yeah. And that's exactly where I was. So as soon as I got to treatment, I just sort of I was like, right, I'm here. I don't want to go back to that life. Let's make a good go of this. And uh, I did. For me, towards the end of my addiction, you couldn't tell me anything. He couldn't tell me anything. My default answer to pretty much everything was, yeah, I know. Yeah, and uh, turns out I really didn't no. know anything. So what I did was I shut up. I started listening. Um, and I'd done what was told. Basically, we say in recovery, the suggested thing. Mm. Because an addict's not going to do what you tell him to do. So people make suggestions. We know now. The definition basically, suge- shut up and do it. The definition is a subtle command. Subtle command. Yeah. Right. So basically do it, mate. You know what I mean? We know what we're talking about. So yeah, I started listening. I started doing what I said. I started getting some assignments. So it wasn't 12 step uh, based, this specific recovery center, uh, specific treatment center. It was a lot of uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. It was working one-on-one with counselors. Um, It was just structure. So my life had no structure. So it was like, wake up 7.30 we all had a specific chore. For me, my first chores were I cleaned the kitchen, nice. wipe the sides, mop the floor, put the clean the equipment away. Then we'd done a 15-minute meditation. Yeah. Shower. Um, everyone had to have a shower. It wasn't like optional. Personal hygiene. Not that my personal hygiene wasn't great, but a lot of people struggle with that stuff when yeah. they come in. And um,
1: Structure's key though, mate. Honestly, even... Structure, to, routine. Even today, mate, like if I ain't got structure around eating, for example, mm. I'm just binging on food. And yeah. like at the moment I'm going through Mr. Structure, no sugar, like ca- proper addict style, like yeah, no smoking, all in. All in um, and at the moment I'm not eating shit food. I'm not eating sugar. Um, But I need that otherwise, but I have to get in enough pain and look, look in my mirror. I'm going to try clothes on and they ain't fitting, And I feel like shit. I have to get, rock bottom I suppose yeah. to actually change it and put a bit of structure in around the gym i get obsessed with the gym at the gym, and then I injure myself and then I have to tr- it's just my whole life if I ain't got structure it basically falls apart exactly that yeah. discipline structure so for me I'm exactly the same
0: yeah. I, I struggle with food it was the first manifestation of this disease when I was yeah. a kid I was a little fat kid I hated it hated being fat couldn't stop eating right for me now if I'm trying to get in shape I need structure yeah I've recently been working with a nutritionist and a personal trainer Ken who says, eat this at that time, mm. every day, yeah. train at this time, train this muscle group, yeah. do these exercises. Because if I haven't got that
1: guidance... I'll be like, oh, I can have one McDonald's. That's why a lot of addicts end up in jail, mate, because the routine is there. Exactly. And they re-offend to actually get back in. Exactly. It's yeah. an easy, it's an easier way for them. Yeah, because life on the outside, they're just completely clueless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
0: how my life was. No routine. I didn't wake up at the same time every day. So treatment, for me, yeah. you don't need to go to treatment to get clean. No. You're I'm an example. There. You went straight to the brooms. For me, I was... A daily user, yep. not saying that that's any worse than what you were. No. Or any more serious, but I needed to change everything. Mm. and um, Treatment gave me that opportunity. I got to take a month off from everything and mm. just focus on my recovery. Someone said to me early on, anything you put before your recovery, you're gonna lose it anyway. So put your recovery first. And I really heard that. So yeah, bit of routine, Working
1: with a counsellor, they gave me some. You were serious about it when you when you were yeah. deadly serious because I remember when you bounced into the rooms like a couple of years before. Yeah, I remember it so vividly. Actually, um, I think bravado. Your, your mum was there at the time. It was a f- surprise you got through the door. The ego was that big. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And um, on my knees, by the way, I think bouncing in the room like I owned it. I think you said you might have been using in the meeting. I was using well. in the meeting. Yeah, and uh, and then I saw you two years later as you came out of. Um, Rehab and I was like, fuck, is this is this the same geezer? Different guy. Yeah, just honest and genuine and that bullshit had gone. that Mm. mask was off. I mean, people I don't know. I used to walk about just thinking I was the absolute bollocks for so long. And it was all it was nonsense. There was a scared little kid in there, do you know what I mean? Yeah, full of judgment as well. Oh, massive. Full of judgment. Yeah. I was a nightmare. I'll be laying in the gutter looking down at people. Yeah. And um, I ain't saying I'm personal today, right? On my bad bad days, I can have some serious...
0: Exactly. And not even... Look, for me, it's not even bad days. I'll have bad moments in good days. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because we've been through this stuff, we've done a bit of work around ourselves. Awareness. We can learn to pause and respond rather than react. Or if we do react, we can come with open arms and apologise. Yeah. Promptly admit when we're wrong. And um, that's a set of tools that I didn't have. I would... Rude for days. on mm, end. Fester. Resentment. Just oozing out of me. And um I don't have to do that today. Great little saying that I love. And it's basically, I love instant gratification. Mm. That's why cocaine was my drug. Yeah. It gives you what you need now. And um the program, the meetings, the steps does for me slowly what a line of cocaine done for me really quickly. Yeah, nice. So, if I don't replace my substances with something else, um, I mean, there's a great saying in my, in one of the other fellowships, stark, raving, sober. Mm. So if I don't replace it with anything, you my know. disease actually gets worse. Yeah, massively, yeah. So I need that structure. I need that programme. I need to work it on a daily basis. And um,
1: so far, so good. Well, if we stop taking any medicine, if, you're, if you've got a disease of anything, do you not know I mean you stop taking your medicine, well, you get sick, right? Of course you do. So if we stop... For a long, long time, drugs and booze was my, it was my medicine. It was my medicine to life. So I've stopped taking drugs and booze. Without that, I'm absolutely mental. Yeah. Yeah? So I have to go to, I go to recovery to learn how to live a life. Mm. That's what I do. I've replaced drink and drugs with recovery. I mean, if I've got an issue at work, I don't let it fester for two weeks then go and blast myself to oblivion on a Friday night in the booze. Yeah, you work a problem. I'll ring my sponsor. I'll ring you and say this has just happened, how, how do I react? Um, we do gratitude lists in the morning. What well, I do, it's suggested that you do, 10 things that you're grateful for, because I can be an ungrateful bastard yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The basic stuff. Do you know what I mean? A, do you know I mean? a, a warm house, a hot shower, like real basic level stuff sometimes, or I've had a beautiful weekend with the kids, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're given these tools to be able to live life. We're, won't go into massive detail about um, higher power stuff, but it's another major tool for me of it's, it is. is a God of my understanding, my higher power. Not a religious God, but I tap into that um on a daily basis. Prayer is a massive part of my of my programme. Um and I'm not praying that I win the lottery or there's a red Ferrari sitting on the drive. I'm praying for normally other people. Um, people that it might, may have even harmed me the day before. Do you know what I mean? I hope he has a good day today. Yeah. That's fucking...
0: Like, look, that's the way to get out of a resentment.
1: Yeah. But compared to where I was five years ago, yeah, it's night and day. It's madness, mate. Night and day. It's madness. Um, it's a beautiful journey. Yeah. So, treatment, 30 days. Tough 30 days, 28 right? days. Yeah. Um, they say yeah. your first 30's tough. Mine was tough. Look, the first 30 was tough. For me, it
0: was... Um, I My senses got really heightened because I wasn't on yeah. anything to numb me anymore, and I realized for the first time the sort of wake of destruction I had left behind me. Yeah, my son was two. Mm. my missus was at home mm. with our son. Um, I destroyed my family, my extended family, my friends I just basically no trust. zero trust. And rightly so, they thought I was going to use again, right? Because all the evidence pointed to that I was going to use again. Yeah. Because that's what I always did. I got clean. The the most amount of clean time I had was a hundred days, and um, that was when I met you first time. Around that time, anyway, and um, I picked up because that's what drug addicts do. Mm. You know what I mean? Without a program, yeah. Drug addicts who are, who are not working a program eventually pick up again. Yeah. It's almost a hundred percent. It's yeah. like Pretty much if you can not have a
1: program and don't pick up, there's a chance you weren't an addict in the first place. I don't like people relapsing, but when people come back into the rooms and they've relapsed and they've not been working a program, I thought I say, Well not surprised. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It ain't a shock to me. I remember when I first come around, it'd be like, Oh my god, he relapsed. And people be like, Well yeah. Of course he did. (laughs) Yeah. It was always gonna happen. If you ain't got if you if you try Do you know what I mean? The stats say and the I mean the experience says that if you ain't working a program you're fucked, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there ain't no. Yeah, the lucky ones might be able to cling on for dear dear life. But yeah, for a little while, white knuckle it for a while, but it's not. Um, it's there's no longevity in that. There's no life, though, is there? There's, I'm searching for that peace of mind. Do you know what I mean? That's why I do my program now. Yeah, try and get those glimpses of peace of and mind, not just my peace of mind, the peace of mind of everyone around me. Yeah, my
0: um, my parents trust me today. Yeah, my missus trusts me. If I tell her I'm going somewhere, yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing for me as well. There's just so many little simple things. There's a lot of big, obvious, glaring like, wow, that's a big thing. But it's the small things for me as well. Mm. I wake up five minutes before my alarm goes off. Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's like built into me now. I struggle with that, but yeah, I wake up in the morning. Yeah, for me, like my whole life, even before I picked up a drug, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Mm. I'd always be late, always rushing around,
1: constantly on the move. Today I can sit still in the chair. I just feel to, I'm just the pre, so much more present, man. Mm. I remember this is going to sound sick, but I remember when I was in at my height of using, fully gripped by this illness, like reading my little boy a book, be a fucking chore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd be I'd be looking same, getting pissed off that he's not falling asleep in time. Yeah, sounds sick. It's the best part of my day. You know yeah, I, mean? I love it. I yeah. love I love playing with my kids hide and seek, laughing, joking. Do you know what I mean? Just just acting the fool. Like and addiction just took that away from me. Really, yeah. Uh, it just wanted me. It wanted me out. It wanted me staying away tra- from
0: you, but it took you away from them. Of Course, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's such
0: a it's a family illness. Yeah, it really is. It just has such a big knock on effect to everyone around us. And um, oh, what a beautiful place to be, not mm. having done that. Mm. And I mean, I think it's, um, I think it's almost better for us having been to that dark place and coming out the other side, because we know the, about the pain. For someone who's never experienced it, it's almost like when we get to experience that good stuff after, it's like we appreciate it more. Hundred percent, yeah. Because we've gone from the dark we've come from the darkness, and now we're back in the light. And um,
1: and that's why the name of the what, podcast, what, right? Addic- going from addiction into recovery, it's a, it's yeah. a beautiful. It's graft, don't get me wrong, mm. do you know what I mean? It's an action programme, you can't just sit on your ass and do fuck all, it don't work like that. You need to put it in, apply yourself to the programme, and they say you get a life beyond your wildest dreams. That is not owning a private island in the middle of the Caribbean, yeah. that is... Peace of mind. Peace of mind, man. Serenity. Yeah, it's just, I've got a great group of friends that I trust and can rely on and have got my back. If I don't turn up for meetings, they're saying, where are you? Do you know what I mean? They've, it's a community that we've got, and... Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And they load, the sad thing is, there's loads, millions of people, probably in the UK and across the world, who one, don't know they're addicts, and two, think they might have a problem, but don't know there's a solution. Don't know where to go. No. Yeah. They don't know where the solution is. That's true. And of the ones that come, most don't stay. Yeah. What's the stats? Less than 1%, I think. Less than 1%. Yeah. It, the odds are not in our favour.
0: Yeah. At all. And um, let's change that. Mm-hmm. There's no need for it. Yeah. It really isn't. And um, I'm not looking any fellowships at all because they've changed my life. They saved my life. But also, I think it's a responsibility for the addict who has got some clean time and has found recovery to do what we're doing, giving it away. Giving freely of our time, being of service. Yeah.
1: And... Uh, I just want to change society's view, man. Like... Yeah. You've seen these footballers in the news recently that have clearly got gambling problems if a footballer's putting on a couple of bets a month right against his own team like then that's not on right they should be reprimanded that's not he's not an addict but you've got I'm not going to name names a couple of them you're putting like thousands of bets on a month Yeah, clearly that person has got an issue Yeah, Um, Merson went into it on Soccer Saturday I don't know if you saw it recently he was talking about it's a fucking illness and what if society has just Criminalised them completely. They're not allowed to train with their teams. I don't think they're not allowed to speak to their teams. Nine months. One of them got. Yeah. Like we know, the worst thing you could do to an addict is isolate them. Of course. And they've isolated this. But I don't know if they're getting help behind the scenes, but and then you've got someone else like Delhi Ali comes. Delhi Ali comes out quite rightly. He's, he's suffering with um, addiction, coke, whatever it was, drugs and alcohol, and society wraps her arms around him. Like yeah, hold one guy. It's the same illness. Yeah. It's the same illness. It's the same thing. It's different manifestation. The gambling guys, they're struggling with life just as much as the guys with the alcohol and drug issues. You know I mean, it's the same illness, but one's using gambling and one is using drugs. So just, I just... I, I want society to understand... Because I don't think it understands it, mate. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't, doesn't understand. understand it. its it doesn't it's, understand it. We need to be looking at this as an illness. It's an illness that, treated in the correct way can get these people back on the, on, on the right path. Do you know what yeah. I mean? This... It can't be fully cured, but it no. can be arrested. You exactly. can live a life.
0: And we're living, ex- we're living examples of that. Exactly, man. I was dying. Yeah. I was saw dying, the photos, man. man. Yeah. So I recently turned three years. I put a little post on Instagram of what it was like. And bearing in mind, that's just a visual representation. Mm. I was four stone underweight. I was dying. I was How literally tall were dying. you? Six foot four. And you were what? Eleven stone. Wowzers. And I'm like fifteen and a half now. Can't talk. I mean, I've been it in the gym. Thinking you, know what you mean? probably, probably look ripped. ripped on.
1: Thinking you probably look. I ripped- thought I looked great.
0: <laughs> Where I was a fat kid. Yeah, I was <laughs> looking down like at eight abs. <laughs> I was loving it. Oh, I look dear. back at photos. I mean, you made the comparison. I look like Gollum off Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and um, my precious,
1: <laughs> cocaine was my precious. So deluded though, right? Just completely some- deluded. Yeah. Completely deluded. Just, I say in, in, when I share in meetings, like, that's proper when your addiction has got you in shackles, right? In chains. Yeah. And you just, that is, it's just got you. I'll have a shave, a Lucky haircut, to get out, really. Shave, a haircut, new pair of
0: trainers, <laughs> and I think I look the bollocks. Yeah. I mean, Really, I just look like Gollum Size with 28 trousers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is it. I was wearing like medium, I mean, an extra large now, comfortable, and I was yeah. in mediums. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But look, the, what I'm trying to say is, that's just the the external, the physical, what I look like.
1: Mm.
0: When I think back to them times, what was going on mentally and internally, oh, it was just such a dark, painful place. Yeah, rotting from the inside out. Yeah. Rotting from the inside out, trying to put things in me to try and change the way I feel on the inside. Yeah. And um, yeah, since getting clean and, and going through this work, I don't need to put anything in me to change the way I feel. It's an inside job. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, I look better on the outside, but mm-hmm. I also feel so much better on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh that's the most important bit for me. Yeah, it's nice to,
1: to it's look an internal better. job. We need to fix inside before and the outside follows, really, doesn't it? It pretty
0: much takes care of itself. Yeah. 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 It's exactly that. Like I was saying, when I was in treatment, I was um I had to be a little bit selfish to be away from my family to fix me, yeah. put my recovery first. Basically what people said was don't try and fix that. Build them bridges. Just do what you're doing, focus on your recovery and all that will fix itself. My best thinking got me into rehab. So I stopped trying to run the show. Yeah. Working with my sponsor the other day and he said about, this is a a process of subtraction. We're not actually adding anything. No. What we're doing is removing enough things so that we're not running on self-will anymore. Yeah, nice. And that we can live a good life It's almost like when we were in addiction, we were trying to add and add and add. Once we get clean, we just peel back layers until we're our like pure selves. Mm. And I thought that was really nice.
1: Nice, man. Good way of looking at it, right? Yeah, 100%. I know you spoke about you in rehab, but I I, I went through the rooms and... uh, Mm. How was it? Yeah, it was suggested to me, a subtle command, as you said, um... To do 90 meetings in 90 days. Of course. Right? You hear that a lot. I did the same one. In got the fellowship. Up. Um, and what that means is what it says on the tin, I suppose. And I was like, oh fucking hell, I've got a job up in London and I'm a big city boy and all it this seems sort of like stuff. A lot. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that. And how much do you want it, right? This is what my first sponsor said to me. Lovely bloke shout out, Kent. Um and Oh, uh, Kent was your first sponsor. Yeah. What a legend. Absolute legend. We we'll yeah. try and get him on. Yeah, we we'll get He's got him an on. amazing story. Yeah. Um he said, "How much do you want it?" And I was like, "Well, I ain't got many other options, mate." <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, yeah, ninety minutes and ninety days. And the beauty is, I was fully in denial. Didn't think I was an addict. For I just had a bit of a do you know what I mean, party boy, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it just it would it just allowed me to eventually hear my story. Mm. It was, and it gives you it gave me hope. I'm not saying after day two, day three, meeting four, or five. But slowly but surely, um, I started to hear my story. And he's six months clean. She's eighteen months clean. He's ten years clean. He's got his kids back in his life. He's mm. back with his wife again. He did marriage counselling. And I was st- I started to over those ninety meetings, those those three months, I started to believe in this programme. Do you know what I mean? It's I you're watching it happen in front of you. Exactly. And it was um it was um yeah, it was a it was a beautiful process. I I I share it quite a bit now that I think it was probably the most important thing I'd done in my recovery. Because it, oh, it gave me that foundation of recovery to actually think, fucking hell, there's something in this. Do you know what I mean? And by that point, the the wanting to use had, had, had lifted from me. The, the magic the, the obsession had magically gone. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I, and but then I started to realise there's so much more to it, do you know what I mean? But it wasn't magic. No.
0: You put the effort in. Yeah. You became willing. You went to 90 meetings in 90 days. That's why the obsession came off you. Because it's the how of
1: the program, right?
0: Honesty, open-mindedness, willingness.
1: And instead of doing it my way, Chrissy, I was following someone else's way for the first time in a long time. Process of subtraction.
0: Yeah. You were doing it. Yeah. The people that come in, like yourself, and do it, you can see it. Yeah. You can watch it happen. So I've done a share for my three years on Monday and um people were saying there was like you came in you got your head down and you did it and it shows and it's like someone said and I really like this there was that like, you don't get three years by accident no just like you you don't get nearly five years by accident you come in you put the work in dedication daily this stuff doesn't happen overnight great line in the book we didn't become addicted overnight no it takes a long time to get to rock bottom mm. so it takes a long time to Become serene on the other end of it, not as long, which is probably a bonus. Like you said, ninety meetings in ninety days, you start feeling good. Yep. For me, it's a it's a lifelong it's a lifelong thing. Yep. Obviously, I've toned it down. I'm not still doing a meeting every night, but I'll do
1: something for my recovery every day. Yeah, nice man. Do you do the same? Hundred percent. And I think my oh, I came into recovery to stop using drink and drugs, right? Mm. But five years in. That's just the little bonus. Yeah. Like what the other gifts that I've been given and my life is so full now that the drinking stop using that's just like a little bonus on the end, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's just that's I think what a million they miles away right? It does and that's what they mean about life beyond your wildest dreams that I come to recovery now to keep to be to to, to keep being a better person. Mm. That, that's that's it. I just and there's so much more for me to learn and grow like Service, they talk about service. Um, service means that we have someone who makes teas and coffees. You have a secretary who takes the meeting. You have a treasurer. You have a newcomer rep who greets the newcomer at the start. And when I first came in, I thought, I don't fucking need that. Do you know mm. what I mean? I've, done, I've been talking to people all day on the phone, all that sort of stuff. I was completely missing the point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Each of those things, which I now know, have taught me something that I can take out into this big, scary, wide world, like honesty, consistency. um, Humility, commitment, hum, humility, commitment um, putting other people first, um, making teas and coffees. Like you can't be an egotistical wanker making teas and coffees, right? It, yeah, it bring, for, for thirty addicts. Yeah, who are fussy fuckers making the tea and coffee? <laughs> it's um, it brings you down a few a few pegs. All these little tools. And all these little um, gifts, I suppose, you don't even know happening to you at the time. That's yeah. the beauty about it. You yeah. don't even—it's very subtle. You don't know. You don't think tonight I'm going to learn how to be humble. Do you know what I mean? It just—that's the beauty of the program. I personally think the tea and coffee commitment
0: is the most important commitment. It is. It's the most important. any, any Though I loved it. <laughs> Did you? At a Monday night on Basild- at Basildon, I loved that commitment.
1: Yeah, no, I took it
0: so seriously. If, I'd remember what everyone wanted. You know, what it was for me. Someone might come through that door in their first meeting. Yeah. Someone will say, Go and get you a cup of tea. It's all about the Give you a hot drink. Mm. I would say, I Haven't seen you before. What's your name? Yeah. Then when they come back a week later, I'd remember their name and I'd remember what they had. And I'll go, Tea, two sugars. Nice to see you. That's what it's all so, about. So and so. Mm. And they'll
1: feel welcome. And the amount of people, Chris, that share when they pluck up the courage to share and say, I couldn't believe it. I came back in week two and, and the team maker remembered my name. Exactly. Like, wow. It can save someone's life. Yeah. And look,
0: you say that um, you keep coming because you want to keep learning and growing. Yep. Yeah. Another bonus for me by keep coming back is you see the newcomer oh, start thriving. Yeah. You see the light come back on in people's eyes. Sparkly eyes. And they start picking up chips and Mm. they start taking people through the work themselves Mm. and um that's the biggest buzz for me yeah that's i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because i've got a couple of people in mind Mm. that were nuts when they walked through that door and uh they're all calm and yeah mad reliable yep and um that for me when you see the newcomer coming like that that's a reminder of where i was And if I don't do
1: what I need to do on a daily basis, Mm. that's where I will end up, and I don't want to go there. This is what I mean. It ain't about getting clean. That, like I said, it's 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 a bonus. Like when these people, these websites, these clinical websites we mentioned at the start, Mm. this is the issue. Like it doesn't say all the things we just said. Like you can have X, Y, and Z, and friends, and learn how to be honest and consistent and turn up. Like it just. this is what we're trying to change, right? Yes. Yeah. This, this is, this is it in a nutshell. It's, yeah. um, we need to, there's hope out there. There's a life. Life is fucking precious. What do we get? 75, 80 years of good life. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. It's precious. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, um, it, it means a lot to me, man. Do you know what I mean?
0: It means a lot to me as well. Yeah. And look, we're some of the lucky ones. We come in at a reasonably young age. Mm. We've still got a lot of living to do. And, um, a lot of time to be of service to others and uh. I've dedicated a, a portion of my life to giving back, and I think this yeah. is a great way to do it. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on this journey with me, mate. And let's uh, let's give this a good go, right?
1: Yeah, man, hundred percent.
0: Brilliant stuff. Well, Look, I think that wraps up our first episode. Um, it's been great getting hearing your story again. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming in, and um, we'll see you next week. Cheers, mate. Play it.
1: <laughs>